You're right, I did. Hello, hello, hello. Is this on? Testing, one, two, three. Kind of quiet. Can, can y'all hear me? Can everyone hear me? Yeah. Are we good? All right, good morning, everybody. Happy to see everybody. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. First, the biological fathers, but also the spiritual fathers. Thank you for all you do. Um, being, a, being a true father is a choice, so thank you for choosing to love your children like we were meant to love our children. But good morning, everybody. Would you guys go ahead and stand with me, please? Good morning, congregation in-house, and good morning, everyone online. Thank you for joining us today. We are so happy to have you guys. But I'm excited today. Yes. Y'all, there was some, I thought like there was some breakthrough in prayer. I don't know about you guys. But pr prayer was powerful this morning in the kitchen. By the way, if you didn't know, at 9.30 a.m. every Sunday, we pray in the kitchen. If you want to join us, we'd love to have you. But it's powerful this morning. I believe the things that were spoken are going to come to pass. And I believe that this is going to be a great service. And your Pastor Charlie is preaching today. Can we have a round of applause for Pastor Charlie? Woo! The Lord has given him a word, and I, I'm excited for it. I, you know, I got the sneak peek on the PowerPoint. But I'm excited for him to deliver it today, just the only way that Pastor Charlie can deliver it. Right. I'm excited for that. But you know, today as we enter this service, while it is Father's Day, right, we want to celebrate our fathers, we're also here to celebrate our Heavenly Father. Yes. And we're here to bring it back to perspective that without the Heavenly Father, humanity wouldn't even be here. So while, yes, mothers and fathers are so important, in the beginning, the Father the ultimate father created the human race. And we are so thankful for that. So, you know, when we say our faith statement today, let's say it not only for ourselves, but with that encouragement that the heavenly father is backing us. He's the one who makes us triumphant, not ourselves. There's nothing in yourself that can make you triumphant. But it's God the father working in you through the Holy Spirit that makes us this way. So let's say this together. one more time because if we're truly going to celebrate him today let's celebrate him let, let, let's give a little exertion when we speak let's say this again because while this is the summertime i've noticed that summertime can, can make us a little lethargic because all we want is beach season right we just want to be at the beach relaxing it's time to chill out but you know it's actually time for battle so let's not get stuck in that summer mentality of now it's time to sit back and we'll get back at it starting in september Let's get at it today. Amen? Let's say it again. We are sword word ready, purpose-filled. We will not be denied. And in Jesus' name, we will do everything, not somehow, but triumphantly. Okay, that was a lot better. I, I felt the power in that one. That was a lot better. All right? Because this is battle, right? We talked about this ain't time to sit back. As we give our offering today, there's three options. We have baskets up here. All right, so you can give in person. We have online. If you go to our website, it's really easy to give your tithes and offerings there. But you can also mail it into the church if that's what you need to do. But as we speak this today, all right, I, I love how Brother Charlie, that was uh, Pastor Simmons, you quoted, right? We give to get to get to give. It's not about you. It's not about us, right? God will provide, but he gives, and we get, so then we give. Right? Because it's all about other people. It's forwarding the ministry of Jesus Christ. So as we speak this today, say it with expectancy. Right? I've told the story so many times, but I know what it's like to struggle. And I know what it's like to abound. But let's speak that we wouldn't be worried about the struggling. 
And we wouldn't be obsessed with the abounding, but we would be comfortable right where God puts us. All right, let's say this together. promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. All right, so before we get into worship, like I said, yes, it's Father's Day, and y'all better be celebrating your daddies today, right? Because dads are usually the ones who do a lot behind the scene that no one will ever even think about, right? So yes, let's celebrate our dads today. And yes, I'm I'm wearing my shirt. I got promoted to daddy this year in 2021, and I'm wearing it with pride because I love my little man. He... He reminds me of myself. He's small, fussy, and grumpy, but that's okay. I love him. All right, but while we focus on dads today, let's focus on our Heavenly Father. And th- this passage has always hit me, just as a reminder. Deuteronomy 1, 29 through 31. This is Moses speaking to the people. Then I said to you, do not be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God, who goes before you, he will fight for you, according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the, in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord God carried you as a man carries his son and all the way that you went until you came to this place. How many of us have been so stuck in a season it was only God the Father who could have brought us through? Yes. And just like an infant where you were powerless, you couldn't do anything. He carried you to the next season. And I see you laughing because I was struggling to put my phone in there. But, right, you were powerless. You were powerless to get there. You couldn't do anything but the Father carried you through. So as we worship today, remember all that he's carried you to. Come on, are you thankful to be called a child of God? Come on, that is one of the greatest honors we have to know that he is our Father. Come on, let's say, who am I? Who am I that the highest king I was lost, but he brought me and all his love Come on, say that again. Who am I? Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me and all his love Come on, he loves you. Oh, it's free and deep. 
at last he has ransomed me. His grace runs deep. While I was a slave, Come on, he died for us. Jesus died for me. Yes, he did. Yes, he died for me. Who the Son sets free, oh, is free. Come on, while we were still sinners, while I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. Who the Son sets free, always free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I Confess this, I am chosen. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. Come on, I am. I am who you say I am. Say it again, I'm chosen. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. Come on, one more time. Say, I am chosen. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Come on, you are for me, Lord. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am who you say. I am who you say I am. And who the sun sets free, always free. that you can be called a child of God. Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Let's sing straight to our Father this morning. You know, it is Father's Day. You may have had an amazing dad, just the coolest thing. You may not even know who your dad is. That's okay. Either extreme, it is okay. Because we are all connected by our Father God. And He loves us unconditionally. Come on, let's praise Him this morning. Say Father God. Father God, I hear. 
sing it right to him. you to open your mouth say something sing something if you can say it you can sing it if it's just thank you God if it's just Lord I praise you whatever just lift your voice he wants to hear you God I love you Lord I love you Jesus you're so good Lord you're so good you're so good Lord we worship you God But I don't deserve your love, but you just love me anyway. You're so good. You're so good, Lord. Yes, you are. Lord, we worship you. 
God, you are such an awesome God. Nothing compares to you, Lord. Nothing compares to you. You may be in here and you don't really know what we're doing and why do we have to do what we're doing. Well, we don't have to, but you know what? We were created to worship. We get to. And whenever you worship the Lord and you just feel the peace of His presence, come on, the troubles of this world just kind of fade away for a little while. And it renews your hope that God is in control and that you can trust Him with no matter what you're facing. He is so good. That's why we do what we do, because He is worthy. He's done so much for us. for you. He's the bread of life. He's everything you need. He is everything you need. He is such an awesome God that anytime we are just completely overwhelmed, we can just say, Jesus. And you can just feel his peace. It doesn't mean that the problems go away, but you can have peace in the middle of chaos. 
He has taught me that over and over. Times in my life where I just couldn't even hardly think straight sometimes with just the weight of the world and things that we were dealing with. But I learned that even in the midst of chaos, you can feel his peace. You know, these days, a lot of people call energy and good vibes. Let's just get real. It is the peace of God that passes anything you could ever understand. It is God's peace that's at the heart of it all. So let's sing that this morning. No matter what you're going through, understand that he has prepared a place for you to sit and eat of the bread of life and relax and have peace even in the midst of chaos. Sing that seated in majesty. Seated in majesty. Come on, he is still in control. Reigning in holiness. Come on, it's set for you. The table is set for me. Come on, he's all we need. You are the living bread. Such an awesome God. So These altars are open if you just want to come worship Him. So holy, so wonderful, such an awesome God, so selfless. Yes, you are. So generous, so faithful you are. Nothing comes close to Him. And nothing comes close to the Lord Almighty. Nothing. Nothing as sweet as His love and mercy. Nothing comes close to the Lord Almighty. Nothing as sweet as His love and Come on, mercy. Say it. Nothing comes close. Nothing comes close to the Lord Almighty. Nothing as sweet as His love and mercy. Nothing comes close to the Lord Almighty. Nothing as sweet as His love and mercy. because of Jesus. It is all because of Jesus. Sing, sing, Jesus, Son of God. Jesus, the Son of God, yes. hung on a cross to die. Come on. But not even death itself. Come on, keep you down, for you rose to life, such an awesome God, so mighty, come on, nothing can hold our God so down, holy, not even death, so wonderful, such an awesome God, so selfless. 
so does the family. God, we thank you. You're such an awesome God, such an awesome Father, such an awesome God. Come on, one more time, sing it. Such an awesome, such an awesome God, so mighty, so so. faithful to me. He has been faithful to me. Yes, he has. Amen. You can be seated this morning.
I good? Yeah? Well, happy Father's Day. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to say hi to everyone that is here and everyone online. Um, we do not have children's church today. We wanted everyone to be in here um, and celebrate our fathers together. Um, as I gotten older, I not only my mom, but my stepfather, I, I've recognized... <sighs> Dang, he did a lot for us. <laughs> um, he came into our lives. He, he had no children, was never married, married my mom. He now had two teenage boys and one young girl. And as I stand here today, I'm like, holy, that, I would have ran far away. <laughs> so thank you for um, all the different dads out there, stepfathers, uncles, um, uh, grandfathers, um, any fatherly figure, thank you. Today is about you, and um, make sure you celebrate it right. Um, I also want to talk about a uh, women's retreat. Uh, it's coming up. We have a sign-up sheet, uh, the information desk, I believe. There's also a brochure for you guys to look at. I'm going to go ahead and introduce Mr. Norman. He is our men's ministry director, and happy Father's Day to you as well. <laughs> Thank you, Serena. Happy Father's Day. And I'll, I'll just reiterate what Serena said. Just in our congregation looking around this morning, we've got stepfathers. We've got adopted, adoptive fathers. We have fathers with foster children. We have spiritual fathers. And he'll probably kill me later for calling them out. But Jim Fry, I think he raised half the, uh, you know, the Blowfish baseball team? I think, I think half of them stayed at his house at one time or another and lived with them. So, and that's, that's important, right? Those, those figures are important in your lives, and all you guys are fathers. So it's not just the biological fathers, right? Um, I do want to exercise father's prerogative today and recognize my two sons that are here. My oldest son, Brian, and his beautiful wife, Victoria. Y'all wave at him. <clears throat> And they got married as mere babies, um, and they've done so well. And my son, Kevin, Kevin, wave your hand. So Kevin took a big step, and again, this is father's prerogative, right? Uh, Kevin took a big step this past week. He proposed to Chrissy, who was sitting next to him this morning. And, and Chrissy said yes. So that's, that's important. So you guys get to know Chrissy. Uh, Kevin proposed in a, at a skating rink. And so, you know, how creative. Um, okay, so anyway, I'm, we're excited about that. We're super glad. And I was just thinking about how, how God is so good. If, if you look... Uh, Look back at Tim and Leah and their two kids with them. And they prayed for those kids for months. We prayed for Chrissy for years. Um, <laughs> before we ever knew who Chrissy was. So there's just lots of answered prayers around the room. I wanted to mention to you guys, to the men folk, uh, quickly about the men's ministry breakfast. Men's breakfast next Saturday at 8 o'clock. 
And I'm going to give you four reasons you should come. Because I know, I know the way guys are because I'm that way too. I got saved as an adult. So I didn't get saved until I was like 26 or so. And I did everything. Not, not what you're thinking, but um, used, used to in the old days, churches would send out visitation teams. I would tell my wife, let's hide. I don't want the visitation team to know we're here. So we would just be quiet. And, and I would invite my wife out to dinner on Tuesday nights because that was visitation night. And I didn't want to see the church people. People asked me, are you a Christian? I flat out lied and said, oh, yeah. So I've done all that. And, and when I did get saved, really, really saved, I told Teresa, I said, okay, I'm saved, and thank God for that. And I'm going to come on Sunday mornings and be a part of the church. But all that other stuff that people do on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights and Saturday mornings and stuff, I ain't doing all that. I'm just coming Sunday, Sunday mornings. And so God is laughing in heaven right now. <laughs> So I, want to, so I know I said all that to say I know how guys are and I know how it is to work and, and you get to Saturday and you say, that's my day. That's my day to do what I want to do. So I know when we're asking you to come to a breakfast on Saturday morning, it's giving your time. So I want to give you four reasons that I think you should do it. And it's going to be 8 o'clock. It's going to be in the activity center this Saturday. And we will have you out of there no later than 930, Okay. So, this is, these are the four reasons, and I need y'all to help me. So, reason number one, the food is going to be good, okay? Lamont is in charge of the kitchen. Lamont is a great cook. He's known throughout our family is a good, good cook. So, he's going to have some helpers, but he's in charge. The food is going to be great. So, when we said it's going to be a full breakfast, believe me, when you leave that place, you will be full, okay? So, that's reason number one. Reason number you're going to have a chance to win a $50 gift card to Lowe's, okay? And believe me, the odds of you winning, I'm, I'm believing we're going to have a lot of people, but the odds of you winning are better than any lottery you'll ever be in. So you may walk out of that meeting with a $50 gift card to Lowe's, okay? So that will be kind of like an additional present for you for the weekend. All right, number three. All right, we're going to have a special speaker, and this gentleman's name is Brian Davenport. He's a friend of Tim Reese. They're volunteer fire department guys, and they got to know each other that way. And this guy's been on mission trips. He's very active in the church, and he's told us he's going to speak about expecting and receiving an inheritance. And what have we been praying about when we, when we read our uh, affirmations? We're expecting inheritances. So this inheritance will be the inheritance that we expect to receive from God. And we want to know more about that, right? We want to know what it is and how to receive it. And so that will be the subject of the devotion. Okay? So there's one more. This is reason number four. All right, and this is a biggie. Men, you were never meant by God. You were never designed by God to walk alone. Men were designed to walk with other men and to, and to partner together and to minister together. If you look in the New Testament, it's all about that. It's all about it. 
Uh, Paul had Barnabas. Barnabas had Mark. Paul also had Silas. Even Jesus had the 12. You were never meant to walk alone. And what has happened for the last 15 months? We've told everybody, don't get close to anybody. Don't talk to them. You might spread a germ. Don't linger. Don't shake hands. Don't hang out with anybody. Stay home. Hide. So we're coming to the end of that period, I believe. And that was probably the right thing to do for our health, but it was not the right thing for us spiritually because we need people. We need people. And so we need to be connected. If you go back to the Old Testament, David drew a bunch of guys to him. And who did he draw? He drew the oppressed, the depressed, and those in debt. And they hid out in a cave. And I don't know how long they lived in that cave, but they eventually came out. And those men that had been distressed, depressed, oppressed, and in debt, they became the mighty men of God. And David, of course, became the king. So it's time for us to come out of the cave. We've been for 15 months, we've been socked away. Can't be around nobody, can't talk to nobody, can't shake hands, can't do nothing. It's time to come out and come out as the mighty men of God that we are. And just finally, a word to the young guys. Uh, Nikki, if you're in town, come. Corbin, come. Presley, come. The younger generation, uh, Harrison, Dakota, Cullen, Israel, you guys come. Because you guys are, you, in my book, you're men, and I'd like to have you there, okay? All right, thank you guys. Thank you. I can. All right. I need a couple of assistants to help me hand out Father's Day gifts. Willing assistants. So the fathers, okay, I haven't done this before, so I've got to get it coordinated. Let's get the fathers to come up to the front. Fathers to the front. If you're a biological father, a foster father, an adoptive father, a spiritual father, Jim Fry, come on up to the front. Thank you. I love that shirt. <laughs> I get it too. I love Floyd. He's kind of like me. All right, you guys go ahead and give out the gifts, and then we're going to do a photograph. These are the world's greatest Father's Day gifts ever. You're going to love them. Not bacon, but almost as good.
everybody in the picture? All right, everyone, as, whoa, that got really loud. As we know, Pastor Charlie is preaching today, so I'm going to pray for him before he gets started. I want everyone to raise your, raise your hands towards this way. Lord God, we thank you for this time you have appointed for this day of June 20th in the year 2021, that you would allow your servant, Pastor Charlie, to speak on your behalf. But Holy Spirit, I pray these would not be his words. These would not be his opinions. But Holy Spirit, I pray this would be you working in and through him as he expounds on Scripture and as we all grow closer together. Father, we thank you that you are the ultimate Father and that you care and love for your children. So Lord God, give him the words and the anointing that only you can give. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Got our PowerPoint up. Well, let me also add my congratulations and thank you to fathers for Father's Day today. Um, father is an awesome role and is a role that's been dictated by God for us as men of God that we have a certain ability, we have a certain place in our home, uh, we have a certain place in the church. So how many in here has been influenced by a godly father? Most of us in here have been influenced in some way or another by a godly father. Now, unfortunately, in today's world, it's trying to tell us everything else, that men are not important, that everybody is on the same level and they're just as important as everybody else, that there are no special roles and you're just as good. You know, so the world is telling us something different. But what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say that is our role as men and God? And today I'm going to talk on Ephesians, and my topic is in one accord. And every time I hear that, how many of here heard the joke about the wise men stopping by the Honda shop before they went to see baby Jesus because Scripture said they all came in one accord? <laughs> every time I hear that, I think about that. Uh, little joke. Now, in Ephesians, Paul is actually talking to the church. Now, Paul actually, if you read 1 Corinthians and Ephesians, and there are many times that Paul preached to the church about unity, about being in one accord. And why would he, why would he care? Because it's important that we all move toward the same goal, that we are all working together in unity. 
Now, you say, well, Pastor Charlie, today is Father's Day. What does that have to do with being a father? Well, everything that Paul has taught us, everything that was in the Scripture about the church applies to us as a family. This also, all that we're going to go over, we can apply in our family. Now, I understand in today's world we have many family dynamics. We have the traditional mother-father-child home. We have the traditional mother-father home. We have the traditional mother and child. And we have single people that live on their own. Well, today's Father's Day, what about the singles? Well, I want to tell you, if you're single, and if you are a single guy, you're just a father in training. You need to start getting in the Word and start learning what it means to be a father, because hopefully one day you're going to be a father. Okay, well, that's great, single male. What about the women? There are many women raising their children. If you are a mother of a fatherless home for whatever reason, first of all, God is the ultimate father. He is the father over everything. Even for homes that have men in the homes, God is still the father. The mother is the authority in that home under God. So everything that I'm going to talk about today, being unity and being with the father, applies to our homes today. So let's look at this. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, and this is Paul speaking to the church, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Okay, did you get that? You were called. If you were not called, Paul wouldn't be telling you this. You are to walk worthy of the calling which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness with long-suffering, with bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Okay, if we stop right here and we went no further, you had the whole formula right here. We walk in unity. We walk in, in oneness. We do this in lowliness. This doesn't mean we walk around with our heads down and I'm no good. This means you're humble. And humility comes, today as the world tells you, if you're humble, you're weak. You know, if you're not out there tearing it up and grabbing for everything and getting everything you got and taking the number one position, you're weak. It's not true. True humility is strength in itself. So we walk in lowliness and gentleness. What are our words like? What are our words like to our kids when they get on our last nerve? How do we speak to them? Are we berating them? I don't know if you saw a few years ago, there was a commercial that warned parents about the way they speak to their children. And when we're always telling our children, you're stupid, you're never doing anything right, you know, you're always having trouble, you're always this, you're always that. Well, guess what they're going to grow up to be? Exactly what you tell them. If you're telling them they're unworthy, they're going to be unworthy. If you're telling them they're no good, they're going to be no good. So how do we speak to our children? How do we speak to our wives? How do we speak to our husbands? 
How do we speak to our neighbors? We exercise gentleness, long-suffering. This is not a favorite of mine. You know, especially in today's microwave world, we want to get in, get it done, and get out and get over it. We don't want to have to work for it. We don't want to have to try. We don't want to have to, Josiah, Pastor Josiah's been talking about battling. I don't want to have to battle. I just want to say a prayer, it be done, and we move on. Okay? Agree? Bearing with one another. Now, this doesn't mean that you gossip and you go around finding all the, the good, juicy stuff on everybody. This doesn't mean that when someone shares something with you to help them, that you go tell everyone. There's a way that we bear with people. Have you ever been around a friend or a family member and y'all have lost someone? And maybe they're not really close to you, but as a neighbor or something, you go and share with that family and it breaks your heart. You want to cry with them. Have you ever had a child that was in a situation, maybe, I know being a parent, I know when Bethany was small and she was sick, and there's nothing you can do. They cried, and they cried. You tried to figure out what it was. Was it colic? You know, was it something with their stomach? Was it diaper rash? You know, whatever it was. And you feel so helpless because you don't know what to do. It breaks your heart. You bear that pain with them. This is what we do. And again, in our families, we bear with one another. With our neighbors, we bear with one another. And how do we do it? In love. Can I tell you that scripture tells us one of the greatest words in the Bible is the word love? We are to do all things how? In love. How do we interact with people? In love. How do we bear with one another? In love. Not out of selfish gain, not out of prideful ambition. We do it in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's a word in there that puts the responsibility on you. Can you tell me what that word is? Say it. It's endeavoring. How do you endeavor? You try. Does that mean you sit back and you hope it all turns out right and everything goes well? No, you've got to put action to it. You've got to work at it. Okay, families with children, especially teenagers, do they try you sometimes? So is it an effort to do all things in love? It is. It is. So just these three verses here kind of gives us a whole set of how we work in unity. But Paul doesn't stop there. It often helps when we're working together in unity that we work together for a common goal. If we all have a united purpose, a one place to go, we're all trying to get to one place, it's easier to work in unity than I have no clue where we're going, what we're doing, what am I supposed to be doing? If I do this, is it going to take me over here? Do I need to go over there? We all work toward one place. Well, Paul gives us some words in the next one. 
Paul says. Now, again, this goes against the world. How many times do we hear today, there are multiple ways to heaven. There are, mul- there are plenty of gods, and they're all basically the same thing, so it doesn't matter which God you serve. There are plenty of ways to get to heaven, plenty of ways for salvation, plenty of ways to do things. They're wrong. And it's funny that when Paul was writing this to the church, they were having the very same issues that we have today. I believe it's in Ecclesiastes where it says there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that's been going on, everything we're experiencing today was happening then. Well, Paul is dispelling this myth of multiple ways. He says, there is one body, there is one spirit, as you were called in, one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Well, church, if there's only one way, why do we get confused? Why are we battling? Why are we trying to say, well, your way is not my way? Well, somebody's wrong here. Can I tell you, Scripture is the only way. The Word is the only way because He tells us, and God is one body. 1 Corinthians, we know the verses where it talks about there being many, many members in the body, but one body, one head. You know, some people are feet, some people are hands, some people are legs. You know, the hand cannot say to the eye, I don't need you. You know, the ear cannot say that I don't need you. We all need each other. But we all need each other to work toward one goal. In our families, we got to work toward one goal. And as a father, if I don't make that goal clear, my family doesn't know where we're going. They're just flipping all over the place. Now, we all love that verse where it says the man is the head of the family. Nothing in that scripture dictates authority over. It means he's responsible for. Which means he brings along his wife and they together decide. But the ultimate responsibility, God will lay upon the man. So if I bring my family into derision, or I bring my family into another God, guess who's going to answer for that? I am. Because I'm the head of the family. I'm not the dictator. I'm not the ruler. But I'm the ultimate responsibility. Again, one God, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith. Y'all, this cuts it down. It cuts it down. We don't have to be confused what's right, what's wrong. Is that, you know, is that good or is that bad or is that true? Is that of God? First of all, there's only one way. And if you're confused about that way, get in his word. It's going to tell you directly in his word. So many times we want to read a book by a good author. Or so many times we want to hear a preacher who maybe not preaching from the word, maybe their opinion, who says things. 
we are responsible, just like the man is responsible for the head of the family, we are the responsible in the church if we start getting off on these wayward ways. Because one body, one spirit, one hope. This is known as the sevenfold unity. One body means the solidarity of believers. Solidarity means we're all working together. We're all in one accord. We're all moving toward the same goal. Now, let me tell you, that doesn't mean we're all going to agree 100% of everything that's being done. But, because we're working toward that one goal, we're moving toward that direction. I may have to put aside my feelings. I may have to pull aside and not say, well, I could do that better. Pastor Josiah is the head of this church. He has a vision that God has given him for this church. We have to follow that vision. There could be a hundred million ways to get there. Pastor Josiah will dictate to us which way we should go. And we have to follow that way. Even though I may have a hundred different opinions, I may disagree, I may think it could be done better, I'm still under the authority of the head of this church. Our family, just like I said, husband and wives work together. It may be a situation where the husband and wife may disagree. Imagine that. After talking it out, after listening to both sides, the husband has the final say. The wife has to put aside and trust that the husband is going to lead them in the proper direction. Again, he's answerable for that. We are dependent parts of one great organism of which Christ is the head. First Corinthians, again, we talk about being many members but one body. There's one spirit. To exist in body, there must be a spirit. Without a spirit, we would only be a corpse. That line just hit me for some reason. Without a spirit, you're just a corpse. What do we do with corpse? We bury them, right? We put them in the ground or, you know, we've got to have an active spirit. And the spirit is something you either got it or you don't. There's no halfway. It's almost like being kind of pregnant. You either are or you aren't. <laughs> One hope. Trusting and working to a better future. Did you get that? Trusting and working. As a church, we trust God is going to guide us. We trust that Pastor Josiah is going to hear from God and going to lead us in the right direction. The second part of that, now we've got to work at it. But it leads us to one hope. One Lord. Can anybody argue that? There is only one Lord. There will always only be one Lord. Pastor Josiah has been talking about other gods. There's only one Lord. He is over all. Jesus is the head and source of all authority. 
His Lordship calls for our unity. I can't be arguing with you that there are other gods. I can't be trying to sway you away that there are other gods and call myself a Christian. That's out of unity. And Jesus is all authority. If Jesus says no, the answer is no. Not maybe, not could be, not well, let's discuss it. It's no. And sometimes we as children, just like children in our home, that's a hard word to learn. You remember when your child was little and they'd go and, you know, they'd reach out for something, you'd say no, and they'd pull their hand and they'd reach out again. You'd say, I told you don't touch that, and they, again, well, that's how we act in the body of Christ. God says no, and we're like, are you sure? <laughs> maybe, God, maybe I didn't hear you right. Maybe that's not what you really meant. God's no is no. God's yes is yes. One faith. There's not a Baptist faith. There's not a Pentecostal faith. There's not a Methodist faith. It is one faith. This asserts that the truth in Jesus is one truth unlike worldly truths. Can we just camp here for days? Because I can tell you, the world tells you, your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, their truth is their truth, and I cannot step on your toes. There is one truth. And God's truth is the only truth. I don't care what the world tells you. There are absolute morals in today's society. And unfortunately, we as a church sometimes overlook that. We want to pitter-patter around it because, you know, I might upset somebody if I tell them that they're wrong. But the world says you can't tell nobody they're wrong because what they believe is what they believe, and if that's what they believe, that's fine. Well, you can believe yourself right on into hell. One baptism. We are baptized into one name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. There is no other name. We're not baptized in the name of Paul. We're not baptized in the name of Peter. We're not baptized in the name of Josiah. We're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is unity, again, for believers. There is only one baptism. One God and Father again, speaks of family unity and rebukes all discord. If you acknowledge God as Father, then you can't argue with the point. Fathers in our homes, when we come to that agreement with our wives and we've decided this is the path we're taking, children don't get a vote. I'm sorry. That's how it is. Well, you know what? That's what God says to us too. Church members, you don't get a vote. God has said this is how it is. This is the way it's going to work. And he don't need your opinion. 1 Corinthians 8, 6 says, Yet for us there is one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things and through whom we live. He is our source of life. You're going to tell your source of life you don't have nothing to do with them? Hope, faith, and baptism are human acts by which we are joined together. 
These are things that are, we are responsible for. Our hope, we have to work toward our hope. Our faith, we have to apply our faith. And our baptism, we apply. That's an outward expression of our unity with the body. All the others are representative of a divine order. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, Father, all divine. So church, can I tell you today, we're all working for the same thing. I don't care what kind of ministries we have. We have outreach ministry. We have men's ministry. We have women's ministry. We have truck ministry. We have all these ministries, but you know what? We're all still working for the same goal. We're all moving in the same direction. I don't care what label you put on it as a ministry. If it's not working toward the same goal, it's apostasy. It's wrong. And it's going to cause division. Dis is a prefix, D-I-S, and it denotes a reversal or an absence of an action. Well, I'm going to show you some things that are going to happen if you don't follow this scripture in Ephesians. Being one God, one Lord, one baptism, one spirit. The first thing is disagreement. How many times in our homes and in our churches are there disagreements? Quite often, is it not? Now, I'm not talking about what the outcome always comes in, but when there's lack of unity, when there's lack of one accord, there's disagreement. You can't have it any other way. If I'm shooting for myself and you're shooting for yourself, we're not going to agree. That's the old theory that two solid objects cannot um, possess the same point at the same time. That's disagreement. If I'm trying to push you out to push myself there and you're trying to push me out, we're in disagreement. You have disrespect. This is also rampant in today's world. There is no more respect in today's world. The Bible says we are to have respect. We have the respect for our elders, for our family members, for our godly leaders. And you know what that even means? President, vice president. You may not agree with them, but you must respect them. Dishonor. How many seen Milan? Dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. You know, when I am not following in unity, I can't honor the person I'm working with. If me and my wife are not working together in unity, I'm not showing her honor. I'm not honoring her in the family. When we as a church vie for our own agenda, we're dishonoring the church. We're dishonoring the pastors. We're dishonoring God. And disharmony. I was going to have Michelle get up and play a, a off-note chord to kind of give you a, <laughs> to give you a, just a, a ear sound of how disharmony sounds. We all love things smooth, 
flow smoothly, everything's working together, working in harmony. It seems like all things. But when you're not focused on unity and being in one accord, you don't have anything but disharmony. Now, those four things, have we seen them work in our family and our church? Yes, we have. Probably because we're not working together in unity. So, Pastor Charlie, how do I make this go? First of all, later in Ephesians 4, verse 25. Let me catch up on my PowerPoint here. Putting away lying, speaking the truth with your neighbor, for we are all members of one another. You know what that means? You don't go to somebody's face and say, oh, that's so nice. I like that outfit. And you turn around and tell your friend, that was hideous. She looked like a cow in that. Did you just lie to the person's face? Lying is one of those things that we want to say they're big lies and little lies. They're all lies. You know, Lying to get your way versus lying to keep yourself out of trouble, it's all still lying. And there is no good reason. There is no moral reason for you to lie. And unfortunately, we lie because what? The truth hurts. It may hurt us. It may hurt a loved one. But which is better? They know where you stand, and you can work it out. If they tell you something you don't like, then let's work it out. Let's figure out what's, why we're not in unity on this thing. Verse 26, be angry, but do not sin, nor give place to the devil. Do you realize that anger is not a sin? It's what you do with that anger. It's how you interact with that anger. And you know what it is a sin? When you carry that anger on and on and on, and you refuse to let go of it. Anger is an emotion. Our emotions are given by God. We're angry for a reason. And when there's no unity, we get angry. I know myself. I plan out everything in my head. I have, kind of like Norman was saying, the one, two, three, fours. Well, somebody there come in and put a 1A in there, and it just blows my whole mind. And I try not to get angry, but I feel that just rising up into me sometimes. And I have to deal with that. So ang being angry is not a sin. He says, go ahead, be angry. But don't sin. Nor give place to the devil. You ever heard of a devil toehold? Toe when we have anger in our lives, we get that little, when I think of toeholds, you've seen the big rock climbing walls that have the little rocks you hang on and they have the little indentions that you put your feet in and, People get up in these all contorted positions to climb these things and all. That's what a toehold does. And when we have disunity or when we have um, lack of unity in our lives, we've given the devil a toehold because that's what he's going to say. She never loved you in the first place. She never meant for that. He's going to treat you like that because he, that's what he thinks of you. They said that about you because this is what they feel about you. Or they didn't pick you because you're just not good enough. And it goes on, and we give them more and more and more. Verse 28, still no longer. 
but let him labor, working with his hands, that he may have something to give to him who is in need. So what is it telling the thief to do? Just go out and get a job and make your own money? It is, but what is he saying do with that money? Give to him who has need. And this is just not stealing money. You can steal time. You can steal honor. You can steal respect. There's a whole list of things that you can steal that's not equated with money. And if you're doing that, Paul says, stop, steal no longer. Get out, work it for yourself, and then give to those in need. Verse 29, let no corrupt words proceed out of your mouth. Lord, help us all. If you've ever driven a car out on these highways, this is a hard one to keep. I was telling Colt today, I have road rage really bad. I mean, my family can probably tell you, you know, I drive for everybody else. And if you get in front of me, I'm going to tell you how to drive. You're not going fast enough. You're going too fast. Why are you putting on your brakes? Why didn't you use your blinker? You know, or come on, speed it up. We got places to go and places to be. My wife always gets on to me because I always said, why are you doing 35 in a 45? Well, I just turned 45 right back there. I don't care. They were doing 25 back in the back. Corrupt words aren't necessarily curse words. And can I tell you, especially young people, I get on my daughter for this all the time. If you substitute another word for a cuss word, it's the same thing. You may as well go ahead and say the cuss word. So if I say, oh, duty, instead of the other thing, if the, if the intention behind it is the same, it's exactly the same thing. It doesn't mean because I used a nice word, it's okay. So let no corrupt words come out of your mouth. If I'm not letting corrupt words come out of my mouth, I can work in unity. I can operate. If you're not letting corrupt words come out of your mouth to me, we can be on the same page. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Where does the Holy Spirit reside? Where? You mean, wait a minute. He's like right here? So he can hear everything I do and say? He knows what I think? Because you know what? I cannot remember her name. She has the Battlefield of the Mind. Joyce Myers, is that? She wrote a book called Battlefield of the Mind. I haven't read it, but just that very topic, because I can think about you all day long, and you have no clue what I'm thinking about you. And it may not be pretty what I'm thinking, because I may smile when I'm thinking it. But you know who does know? The Holy Spirit. Am I grieving the Holy Spirit because of impure thoughts or bad thoughts or misleading thoughts? Even though I'm smiling and I'm looking at you with a smile on my face and shaking your hand, I'm still thinking something up here. Or what about when I'm alone? When there's nobody to hear what I say or think and I start letting my mind run rampant, the Holy Spirit hears us and he knows what we're thinking. So do not grieve the Holy Spirit. The word grieve means to make sad, to bring down, to make regret. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. 
and 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you along with all malice. Church, if we're doing these in our church and in our family, unity will just flow like a river. There will be times of refreshing because we're working toward one goal, one God, one spirit. Verse 32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. When I was reading this and looking at it, do you understand forgiveness is the key? If I practice forgiveness, I practice forgiving my wife, my daughter, my neighbor, my church family, my boss, those in authority over me. If I practice forgiveness, then I can fulfill all these other things. So forgiveness is the key. If you hold unforgiveness in your heart, then you operate out of that. No matter what you do, who you're with, everything's going to revolve, and that unforgiveness is going to affect you in one way or the other. But when I forgive someone, and please understand me, forgiveness does not mean you've given up. Forgiveness does not mean they've got the upper hand on you. Forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness allows you to move forward. That person may never know they've done something against you, but you hold on forgiveness. I once heard it said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting it to affect another person. It's going to affect me. Well, if I work in one accord, as a family or as a church, what will I get? Guess what? There's no diss there. I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement with every, we're moving toward the same goal. I'm in agreement that I'm going to operate in all these things. I can give respect. I can give honor. And I can operate in harmony. All these things will flow freely when we're working in one accord. When we're working in unity. And it saddens me today, and I'm just going to talk about the church. They don't have this. Very few churches operate in unity. How many times have you heard a church that separated because they didn't like this person or they didn't like that person? How many times have you heard somebody say, well, I'm not going to that church because it's just too hot in there. It's too cold in there. How many times have you heard them say, well, if so-and-so is going there, I'm not going there. There's no unity. How many times has a pastor tried to implement or tried to take us to another level in Christ and we fought tooth and nail because we just don't think that that's the right way to do it. We want to do it our way and we're happy. Pastor Josiah and I have been discussing this. I'm just going to let you know this is a new season this church will not be operating the same way that it has always operated. We're still going to operate in the truth principles. One body, one spirit, one hope, 
Everything will be biblically based, so we're not bringing in some weird theology or anything. But we as a church, we have to get back to the Word. We have to get back to Scripture. We have to get back to knowing what the Word says. And with that, we have to get back in working together. We have to work in unity. Father God, first of all, God, I just want to ask you to forgive us. Forgive us as individuals and as a church. If we've not walked in unity according to your word, if we've had aught against others, or if we've operated in disbelief, or we've said bad things, or we've disagreed for our own personal gain, Father, forgive us. Lord God, I ask you to bring unity. Unity to our homes. Unity to us individually. Unity to our congregations, Father. Father, not just Crossroads, but all the churches around, Father. May we get back to your word. May we get back to your truth and operating in one body, one spirit, one Lord, one baptism, one hope. May there be unity in your body, Father. And Father, we just trust you, Holy Spirit, that you have free reign, Lord. Hallelujah. Church, I'm asking you that if you've been experiencing disunity or issues in your home with your neighbors, with your job, with your church, and you need God to touch you, and you need God to provide that unity in you, Lord, then I'm asking you if you'll just come forward and let us pray. And can I tell you, the very first thing is, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, none of this is going to mean anything to you. There can be no unity if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And as we say this prayer, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you will say this prayer in your heart and believe, then you too can be part of the unity, part of the one God. Father God, you are the almighty God. You are the true Lord, and we acknowledge you as such. Forgive me, Father, for my sins. Forgive me for wanting to do this on my own or trying to walk in my way. Forgive me for leading a life that is out of unity with you, Lord. Father, I submit myself to you right now wholeheartedly, mind, body, and spirit. And I ask you to come and live within me, Holy Spirit, and to change me and to make me your child. I believe that you are Lord, and I believe that you can do all things. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Lord. Church, if I could ask you to gather up here, that we can pray for unity together as one. If you are able, if you would just come forward.
you know, with all this COVID stuff that we've been going through and how we've had to separate and how we've had to disperse or stay six feet away. I don't know why six feet was this magical number, but is it not good to be able to come together, together in unity? Is it not a blessing to fellowship with our neighbors? Father God, we come before you today as one body. Some of us may be hands. Some of us may be feet. Some of us may be legs and arms. But Father, first of all, we acknowledge that you are the head. And we need each other. I need my brother and my sister standing on my right and my left. I need them today, Lord. Father, I ask you to restore in our homes, in our lives, in our workplaces, unity. Father, that it, we've heard so many times the saying, it's not about me, but truly, God, it's not about me. It is about you. And working in you and operating in you and moving toward that same goal that you've told us one Lord, one baptism, one spirit, one faith. It's all about you. My desires and my wants are not important. It's what you want, Lord. And Father God, I pray that if there's anyone in here that needs a special touch from you today in their homes or in their bodies or in their lives, Lord, that you would be the God that you said that you are and you would bring healing and unity and restoration. God, restoration of relationships, restoration of homes, restoration of our jobs, Father. You know what? And restoration of our joy, our joy of who you are because you are enough. Your grace is sufficient. So I pray for joy in that. Touch our hearts and minds, Lord. For you, Lord, are the mighty God. You, Lord, are the one true way. And we will not accept anything other than one God, one Spirit, one baptism, one Father. It's all you, Lord. Church, let's give him a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, you guys, Brother Kenny would like to share something real fast with you guys. Yeah. I just had a word for you. We're talking about forgiveness, and yesterday was the 34th year of my accident, and it was caused by somebody else. And I was very angry about that for years. And, uh, after I got saved, God worked on me and talked on me and told me to um, to let it go. And that's what I just want to tell you, that there is freedom that comes with forgiveness. I was holding a lot of anger and everything, but when I let that go, the anger went also. So if you have unforgiveness, I pray that you give it up and it would give freedom to yourself. Amen.
Amen. If, if Brother Kenny can forgive someone who did that, I think we can let go of our petty, our petty situations. Amen. Amen, church. So thankful you guys came out to be with us today. Hope you guys have a wonderful Father's Day. Uh, Pastor Betty, do you have food? There's food over in the Outreach Center. We love you guys. We hope you guys have a blessed weekend.